Hey there, I'm Jo, and this is Looking Outside, the podcast that explores new perspectives beyond the familiar. I am a CPG innovator, and with this show, I'm seeking a fresh take on business topics with some of the most influential and original thinkers. If you find yourself curiously peeking over the fence at what is happening outside your market, industry, or field of knowledge, then this show will help you to explore more of that. Hey everyone, welcome back to Looking Outside. Today we are going to chat about something a little bit different. We're going to look outside music. I think music is one of those things that is just a really fun, interesting topic that has a much broader influence than maybe we consider. So who better to bring into this conversation than a passionate music lover? So I've got Adam Conley joining us today. Hey, Adam. Hey, speaking of a little different, I <laughs> can definitely live into a little different. Thanks for having me, Joe. Pleasure to have you on the show. So Adam and I actually do work together at Mars Wrigley. And for those of you who know Adam, he is an esteemed speaker, very highly regarded inside of the North American market. But for those of you who don't know Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. So beyond being a music lover, I am a husband. I am a cat dad. I live in New Jersey. I am from upstate New York, which is not a far cry from New Jersey. I have always been passionate about music, been passionate about sports. Yes. And so we work inside of Insight. So our job is to really sort of look deeper beyond a data point or a research piece or something that sort of lies on the surface to go deeper to really truly understand how it impacts not only our brands, markets, but also people. You and I were having a chat about all of the wonderful things about Insights. One day we were like, music is one of those things that sort of transverses everything and that has such a huge impact. So I'm really glad that we could pick a topic like music to have a chat about in this episode. When we were talking about insights and why we get so excited about insights, I always say what gets us out of bed in the morning to practice insights within our company. When you think about it, it's really about better understanding people. It's about figuring out what makes them tick, why they use the products that they do, what that fulfills in their life. It, once we get to know those people better, how can we align that with our brands, our products? And what opportunities do we have to create other additional products, maybe additional brands that would help to fulfill some of the things that people are looking to tap into in their lives? And I think that there's a lot of synergy with music where it's really about understanding people. It's also about how things evolve over time. Both insights and music steals with pride from the things that we've learned from the past mm. and also has a way of setting up what's coming in the future. Yeah, definitely. And intrinsically human. So I was reading about how it's one of those things that probably more ingrained in us than we even know. So going back to what you were saying about more deeply understanding human beings, I was reading about you know research that's been done around neuropsychology of how your brain reacts to music, the different parts of your brain and like how it, you know, makes you react in a physical way, like tapping your foot when you're listening to music, how lyrics are processed inside of your mind. It's just absolutely fascinating. When you think about the impact of music on like a human being, what's one thing that you think is sort of quite insightful that we don't often think about? Music is the infusion of sounds with storytelling. 
And I think that that's whether you have a singer or not, you still are telling a story. And we can either relate to the story personally because it tells a similar experience to what we've experienced. Or somebody tells that story so well that regardless of if it's something that we relate to personally, it's something that we can feel. It's something that we react to. And sometimes we don't get very conscientious in why we react to it, but it's just like it touches you. Music can be comforting because it gives you something that's a familiarity. I still regularly think about what's the first song that I can remember. And it's still a song that's very comforting to me. Uh You know, and it's a Stevie Wonder song. Mm. And I remember where I was when I like experienced it. And now I always associate it back to that specific place, even though it has nothing to do with that place whatsoever. Mm. I can just remember the whole setting of it. And music has this ability to hearken us back to where we were when we first heard it Mm. or when it made a particular impact. That element of how it taps into your memory and how it helps to create or cement memories and how like I have the same thing. I often listen to a song and then I walk past that place and I with my dog and I think, oh, I like that song just pops into my head. So much of music, and particularly classical music from a further back time, was without song, but still tells a story, right? Like, even when you listen to something like Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake, you can, like, imagine the scenes of the ballet play out as you're listening to the story that's been told just in the music. That's a perfect example of how music can tell a story without having any words. You know, like, even as I think of opera, like, yes, there's words, but to me, it's being sung in Italian. I have no idea what those words represent, but I can feel the emotion through it. You know, I'm in the U.S., I receive music mostly in English, and I know that there are bands and there are performers that extend into non-English speaking countries. That's because they're still telling a story. They're still bringing together sounds into a symmetrical way that people get Mm. and receive and can vibe with. And you don't always have to know what they're saying. Yeah, that one really resonates with me because I'm a huge lover of music from other countries. I've got a playlist for like Ukrainian, Russian music, actually, incidentally, at the moment. I've got a huge K-pop collection. I've got Polish music, of course. Yeah, most of it, I don't know what they're saying unless they throw in a generous English word in there. But the sounds also, the sounds are so pleasing, right? And we know that a part of that is that music cues emotions. It can cue like delight and, you know, positive physical reaction from your mood and your emotions. It can also have the flip side, right? Where it it pulls you into a quite a dark place or if you're already in a dark place listening to dark music can help you to really like feel those emotions, which is so fascinating. I love the connection of music to there's like super upbeat, happy, and like you can go to almost like you compartmentalize your different files of music in your head of like, what's the emotion I'm feeling right now? What what do I need music to do for me to bring me to a space? Mm. You know, like when I go running, I'm not going to listen to my like, bring me into like a relaxed space. I need something that's going to, you know, create this like excitement or even like just motivate. You know, so it doesn't have to have like an up-tempo necessarily, but it has to be something that's uplifting. It can be such a, a, like a memory trigger for when you were growing up. 
particularly for those of us who have, like when I was growing up, it was all 90s music and you have that emotional reaction almost when you hear it harking back to that time. So I'm curious, you know, you were talking about Stevie Wonder and some of the music that you remember like when you were growing up. Do you have those sorts of artists or musical styles that make you think of this is when I was a teenager and I was making mixtapes? I actually have some friends that have a philosophy that like your center point, your gravity goes back to when you were discovering music for almost the first time by yourself where you had the choice of like the world is your oyster mm-hmm. and you're in your early teens into your late teens. And so this is like me. A friend of mine has this philosophy that you like harken back to that as your center point. That's the stuff that you're going to always love. You're always going to go back to that, revisit it and say, oh, this is still like so much about what defines me very much about the teenage years. So I will even go back further and say, yeah, for sure, Stevie Wonder, not even one of his better known, better received songs. I would say, I don't want to like discredit the song because I actually happen to love that song, um, which is I just called to say I love you. Um, Love that song. For some reason, I remember Billy Idol. I dressed up for Halloween in first or second grade as like a punkster that was very much based in looking like Billy Idol. And I've told people in icebreakers when they're like, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I was like, I wanted to be Billy Idol. I remember my parents' influence on like, they wouldn't let me buy Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction because that was like adult content. And it was like scary. Like I can't like have my little baby boy listening to, you know, like something that has like skeletons on the cover influence away from that and then it was like you know you need to be more in the pop space so like michael jackson and mm. like maybe bon jovi but gosh no not guns and roses then you like have to go back and rebel and get like guns and roses and uh figure out ways to bring that stuff into the house it's so interesting that just it like instantly made me think back to when i started listening to eminem and i would pull my mom into the room and go you just have to listen to the song it's amazing like don't be scared i know that he looks scary and he swears a lot and it was Haley's song right <laughs> so it's like a beautiful like probably you know not his typical um as a way to like introduce her to different musical styles and thankfully she was very open to that but it's interesting how i love how you said you know, you're at that point where you're a teenager, where you're almost like picking what personality you have, what defines you. And yeah. music is such a huge part of that, that you then share with your collective group. And you're, you're almost like, yeah, sharing that musical style and they define the type of people that are like you. So I had the coolest friends, I would say, like, because they had the like best taste in music and they mm-hmm. were very much into helping you discover new music. So a lot of the music I listened to was because we communicated about music. So you said Eminem. One of us discovered Eminem, and then it was like, put in the radio, listen to Eminem from like start to end. It was all about albums as well, right? So like you would listen to start to end. Maybe you you were playing a video game at the time. So you like had some different stuff going on. And I also feel like I grew up at like the most awesome time because you had the resurgence of punk music. You had grunge music. You had like the hair metal stuff was still happening and hip hop was just like exploding. Let me tell you about where I've come from in the lyrics and, you know, what I've been up against and what I'm still a little bit like not okay with. And that's where I was Mm. like, oh man, this is like, and to your point about defining yourself through your music, like who am I? I was always like, I want to be a little bit more rebellious, even Mm -hmm. though I'm like the suburban kid. But I was like, you know, how do I, (laughs) how do I represent some of that rebellion that I hear in this music that I'm like, this is just so cool that they have this alternative perspective. It's interesting too, because 
there's always a style of music that is that rebellious misunderstood or you know the the one that the older generation says oh that's not real music you know harking back i was reading about how back in the day 1825 apparently it was beethoven's right. uh <laughs> fuge and then it was early jazz in the 1900s and then it was hardcore punk in the 1980s we know this about generations that there's going to be almost like a you know a bit of a naysay over the things that young people do and like but it's interesting thinking about how that defines our sense of rebellion and how we even within something that is so universal and so widely accepted that brings us together like music that there are parts of it that you can lean into to bring out your individuality i actually had a note like don't forget to say like what for me ruins music is trying to define what music is hmm. i absolutely can't stand the argument and i've heard it recently Mm. On a podcast that is very politically leaning. They were trying to like break down what it means to be music by definition mm. and therefore why rap is not music. And like very, very seriously saying like it can be something, but it's just not music. And I'm like, I was horrified by that because I think music makes you move your feet. It makes you feel something. It's got an infusion of different instrumentation. It's definitely music to me. That's how I receive it. Bob Marley, growing up in Jamaica, was able to pick up the radio that was being played from New Orleans because it was close enough to Jamaica. So what they played, plus some of the tribal music that came over from Africa, became the infusion of what he took and turned from like ska to you know the next evolution to what ultimately ends up being reggae. Mm. Right. So reggae doesn't happen if he's not listening to. Again, I'll, I'll harken back to my buddy Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder was on the <laughs> airwaves at that time and was influencing through the R&B that they were picking up through New Orleans and some of the jazz that they were listening to. And what's also great about music is you went based on your means and you said, I don't have an instrument, but it's not going to stop me from creating music. I bring that up because, like, what instruments did you have access to in Jamaica at the time? And, like, how could you, like, turn that into the kind of music that you felt and was going to make people dance and feel and, and fall in love with what you were putting out there? And sometimes a musician will put something out and be shocked, and you hear this all the time, mm. by how it impacts an audience of people that doesn't look or feel like who they thought it would be because it's not them. Yeah, They influenced a wide audience that has nothing to do with who they are. There's something really beautiful about that and about this openness that music gives you to be able to stretch yourself beyond, I guess, what how you grew up potentially and what you're kind of comfortable with and what your, what your pragmatic mind leans into. I was reading about how I'm um, going back again to the brain piece, the frontal lobe. It, the way that it reacts to music is it taps into our rational reasoning mind. And therefore we lean into those things that are more familiar. And so we tend to lean into the genres and the musical styles that again are kind of more, yeah, closer to home and more comfortable. Couples have songs. Um, my song mm. with my husband is a Bob Marley yeah. song. Interestingly, I really did not like Bob Marley when I was growing up as a teenager. My friends were playing it and I was like, what is this nonsense? This isn't real music. And now I love it. So over time, I could, let's say, you know, become more open, reinvent myself by listening to different musical styles. 
And then what's interesting is what you touched on before as well about how artists do that. They then open themselves up to different styles, adopt them, and you've got like, you know, people like Madonna, the queen of reinventing herself. Mm-hmm. Whether you say that's for commercial means or whether it's because she has this evolution of embracing different musical styles and wanting to incorporate them. It's a really great opportunity also for you to sort of get out of your comfort zone and become more open to, you know, maybe it's rap music, maybe listen to modern day rap and actually then make an opinion about it. I think one of the best things that ever came to me in my progression of listening to music was stop trying to put myself into a bucket of I'm a guy that listens to this type of music. I think just like everything in life, like the more you let yourself be uncomfortable because it's not your like go-to like logical choice of the things that you're already aware of, the more you're like open to the idea of being blown away by something that you never expected to have heard or be blown away by or like, mm. you know, and, and then you can always go back a few times again. And like your example, like the first time you heard Bob Marley, you rejected it. And, you know, years later, it's like, well, this is something that you would regularly turn to. Mm. You know, if you asked the 12-year-old Joe, she would be shocked and outraged to hear that you're now <laughs> listening to Bob Marley. And that's okay. You know, maybe it opened the aperture to other things that you now listen to still. And you're like, thank God I listened to that because it opened the door to this. So I'm interested now, what's a genre or a musical artist maybe that you were like, nah, this is rubbish. And now you've opened your eyes to it in a different way. Pink, the female singer Pink, Mm. is one that I was like, she's a pop star and that's not my thing. You know, like that's too like corporate and all that stuff. And I know Mm. that she like gets this reputation for being edgy, but edgy for pop music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went with my wife to see her in concert, and I was just blown away. Just absolutely phenomenal. Performer, but also, like, she can belt it out. Her voice is second to none. So I thought that that was just incredibly impressive. Adele, Amy Winehouse, uh, these are people that I wouldn't have typically picked up. I can listen to any of them any day of the week. Billy Joel was one that was always around. And I was like, eh, it's not really my thing. It's like there, but it's not really my thing. And then I really started to to listen to him after university. The Beatles have always been in my heart of hearts. Those are never going to go away. If I have one thing that I wear as a badge, it's punk because I feel like it stands for something. It has a social consciousness. It's inclusive in a way that you wouldn't expect it to be. So if I was going to get up on my soapbox and like really like put my flag into one thing, it would definitely be punk music because I just feel like there's something special in the camaraderie of a punk audience. For the most part, I've never found a punk musician that I'm not like, wow, I just really love what they're all about. That's so interesting because I can't even think of one punk band or artist off the top of my head. The Clash has influenced so many and like, you know me personally mm-hmm. that I like history. Mm-hmm. And for, I also infuse that into music and therefore, like, I try to find those synergies. So The Clash is one that has influenced so many other artists. Mm. I would also say The Ramones because I have to throw an American-based punk band in <laughs> who's from New York. I watched a live stream of the Dropkick Murphys, St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I love them. I love their energy. I love what they're about. They have a charitable foundation that they were promoting heavily. 
they've raised a lot of money for it. So mm. that's a good depiction of what I'm talking about when I say that that's a great community that is in the underbelly of what punk is really about. It's really interesting too, because you touched on the performer aspect, the talent, I think, that, that a lot of these artists have, whether it's singing or writing music, who they are and that backstory also. It's like music is beyond just what you hear. It's about the entire experience that you're getting end to end. You mentioned Billy Joel before. I went to the Billy Joel New York Madison Square Garden concert a couple of months ago, and it was incredible. One of 250 in the last five years. Oh yeah, I mean, it's gosh. insane how many shows he's put on there. Yeah, and it's, um, and it's incredible. But it's huge people coming back, right? Yeah. I mean, you go to that show and you're like, I get it. It's kind of going back to what you were saying before around the, you know, like you hold a vinyl record. It's a very tactile experience yeah. beyond Thank you. Sound. That's what I was looking before. before. I, <laughs> I love that. I've recently started collecting some records. I still have all of my stuff in CD form, which is very odd behavior by today's standards. <laughs> I'm petrified of losing music that I can't have readily accessible. My wife and I both come from this camp of like, let's back everything up by buying the CD and then we own it forever. Uh, mm. So we have reams and reams of books of CDs to fall back on. And now we've also started collecting records. I'm just a sucker for that tactile experience of like, I don't know, it just gives me like this peace of mind. And like, I still wear all that stuff as a badge of honor. I love that. Like, mm. you can look at one uh, page in the book of CDs and it like <laughs> makes no sense to a lot of people that it's connected to the same owner of the next page because mm. it's like whoa how did you go from you know big and rich to lady gaga to uh, nwa to you know wu-tang clan to mm. rancid to guns and roses yeah um i'm not really into country though i think you were you <laughs> i saw it in your eyes yeah you were going to ask me what what's that genre that i have to admit i mm. never really vibed to mm. and for me it is country i just said big and rich but i feel like that's more pop country mm -hmm. uh but like a real traditional country i've never gotten into you know maybe i'm on that journey where it will be my future bob marley yeah, um, maybe. And then it will be like the thing for me to listen to. I don't see that happening, but it's possible. Yeah. You can <laughs> add it to your, uh, your um, I'm going to call it like end of world bunker stash. Like if it's the end of the world and you need some music, you're going to have to come and ask Adam nicely because he's got Well, I think we also all have like, what are those five key albums? And I think we both need to answer this. What are like the five key albums? I'll go first so oh, you have some little, little time, even if you can't come up with five. And for me, I would go Rancid and Out Come the Wolves. So that's in the punk genre. I would go Beastie Boys, Ill Communication. I would go Clash, London Calling. I would go Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. And if I had one more, I need some hip hop in there. So I would go A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. Those are my five... And I reserve the right to change them regularly in my future. <laughs> I'm taking credit for the fact that I just came up with five, even though it was my own introduction as a question. I mean... Now, a lot of pressure. <laughs> Joe, I give, you me, to this. give me at least a few. Like, you will just absolutely cringe, but I went instantly to my Spotify account <laughs> to kind of go... Listen, different. Mm. See, that's where you make me old immediately. Because <laughs> I go albums, you go Spotify. 
Before you even like get onto your list, I'll give you a little bit yeah. more time. To talk about this. <laughs> I don't know if albums are something that always have to be around because streaming suggests that you can make, and actually maybe it might even be more difficult, but you can tell a story in one song mm -hmm. because if you're streaming, oftentimes you're not streaming just that album. You're not streaming just that artist. You're kind of like all over the place, just the way that the radio works. Right. Um, but not mm. as many people are taking that step back to say, like, let me go buy the entire album because they don't have to have that tactile experience anymore. Yeah. So, OK, now let's oh, get back gosh, to it. Okay. I have not let you <laughs> off the hook. So like, maybe they structure the question is what's tripping you up. So like, give me five musical artists. I can do that that you can't live without. Okay. And, you know, because I took this question really seriously, I, I really want to think about when I'm on that island, the breadth of emotions that I'm going to be feeling and therefore music to reflect that I journey. It. I love it. You, um, you've definitely put a different spin on it that I really respect <laughs> and appreciate. So, I mean, I would start off with my favorite artist of all time. And I know that's really hard to say. and I have a lot of favorites, oh, yeah. but Ella Fitzgerald is absolutely my number one. And, you know, I know that she didn't write her own music, but the way that she conveys it through her voice, I think is unparalleled. And I always go to this emotional place when, whenever I hear her. So Ella Fitzgerald is definitely on there. Uh, oh. The other one that I would have to have is something like Rachmaninov or Tchaikovsky because it's otherworldly is how I would describe it, like takes you to a completely different place. When I'm on that island looking at the water, the Beatles, obviously. Beatles. And I mean, like, it's funny that you say the Beatles because mm. I have to like state a caveat that I immediately was like, I now am in a world with no Beatles and I'm already getting a little bit yeah. anxious. Yeah. <laughs> Wish you were on the island that I'm on. Hey, I've got the Beatles. Listen, I mean, I hope that it's at least like an adjacent island yeah, so it. that we can we can share some of this. <laughs> see, I said I'll throw it. So like I'm picturing a CD. So my brain thinks of a CD when I think so of music. So you can't throw your Spotify can't, at, can't my, do that. at my record player. <laughs> <laughs> your vinyl player. <laughs> Hurting someone now. And then the other ones I've said is Bob Marley, obviously. Uh, for the storytelling aspect. Because you're also, on an island. And I'm I on mean, an island. Like, when you're on an island, nothing is better than listening to Exactly. And then the last one, I was thinking maybe something like a little bit silly. So I'm curious how you're going to react to this. Right. They might be giants. They might be giants. I'm honestly not like of all of the artists that we've discussed, that's probably the one that I'm least familiar with. Mm. And it might be stuff that I like would recognize immediately when I hear it. By the way, another great thing about music is that you don't even have to know who's bringing it to you. Um, mm. But I'm not as familiar with them. You can tell me that they're silly. You can tell me they're serious. And I would have to take your word for it. Well, we've got, so in the show notes, I'm going to drop in, please listen to They Might Be Giants, The Clash, and The Ramones, oh, alongside God, all of the others that we mentioned. That sounds like a good night. Yeah. <laughs> right there. There's so much ways of connecting music to human behavior. Mm-hmm the storytelling that it provides, mm -hmm. the way it makes you feel as a receiver of music, the kind of test and learn that you get into to say, like, do these things mesh together in terms of musicality? I mean, does this instrumentation work with this instrumentation? If I bring this back out, does it make it more impactful? Can I deliver the same song in different ways that are impactful in different ways? You know, I think that that's compelling. There was one other question that I wanted to throw at you, which is 
the power of music to change things at scale, to bring people together, to create some really significant changes in the world. So music is really personal. It's also shared with your immediate group that you feel very connected to, but it's also socially very shared and very global. So there are a few songs in history that have actually made, you know, really significant impacts. I was reading about Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit in 1939, which was, you know, an anthem for anti-lynching in the US. Bob Dylan's Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, reaction, hard rain gonna fall. And then the one that really intrigued me was Marvin Gaye. He made like that pivot towards a very different type of music when he sang What's Going On. And he said, quote, with the world exploding around me, how am I supposed to keep singing love songs? So music it can be also therefore like a platform for really like significant big change and a voice of a new message. So how does it do that? I had another friend that's much smarter than me. Most of my friends are much smarter than this. It's not a high bar. But this guy didn't believe that music could any longer make that kind of societal impact. And I think it was not because he didn't have hope, not because he didn't have reason, but because there's so much to make a bigger impact. And I think sometimes you have to look at the, the little things that make the pinpricks, the things that can push just a little bit, you know, that can inspire new thought, new reason, new perspective. I think of like Imagine by John Lennon, or Give Peace a Chance by John Lennon, and how those songs continue to just inspire, like, why can't we imagine a world with no countries? Mm. You know, like, why can't we give peace a chance? You know, mm. like, when I think of Green Day, American Idiot, right? And at the time that that came out, it was about, like, take a step back from your patriotism for a second and think about the implications of actions and the way that you can come across. It makes you think. I don't know if, you know, like you can never say right or wrong, but I think it makes you reflect on what it's trying to do. So those are songs. But then what no one can question is when Bob Geldof called up all of his friends in 1985 for Live Aid and said, we're going to make a we're going to make a seismic shift in the impact that we're going to have on the world, in particular Africa and starvation that's happening in Africa. You cannot deny the impact that that had. And that was based on music. So that's something that's tangible that music did to make an impact. Being as passionate about history as you are and being able to contextualize the evolution of music, how do you think that's going to play out in the challenges that music faces in the future with particularly media platforms? Um, like if we all move towards virtual concerts instead of in real life concerts and video platform now integrating into the musical platform through media, is that going to change the way that we receive media? Is that going to change how we perceive it? The platform is just a vehicle to get to the product that you're trying to seek out. You know, I mean, we see the way that the way that we receive all kinds of different content is shifting, but ultimately it's still about the content. And I don't care if I listen to a concert virtually or in person, it's really still about the music and it might change the experience by all means. But I think the way that I would receive and talk about an experience that I've had in my lifetime is going to be radically different from the way that somebody that's 20 or 10 or whatever has received and, and felt in their lifetime. I don't think that the feeling shifts as much as the way that you receive it. And I have a lot of faith in the fact that there is just a lot of people that are very passionate about that space that want to continue to drive it 
every year you see a new artist pop up that you're like, wow, that person is going to be something special. Some, that person is something special. That group is something special. Wow, they have something so unique and different, but yet so incredible. You know, I don't think that that's because of the way that I'm receiving or where I'm receiving it. It's about what they're bringing. Very powerful words, as was this whole conversation. I feel, like this, uh, I feel like we could just keep talking about this for ages. It was so much fun. It really made me think about music's impact beyond probably how I normally would take the time to think about it, better understand people, which is obviously very relevant to everyone inside of the business world, but also just how important it is to keep open in music, but in everything, keep open, keep evolving yourself, keep looking at different things, which leads me to my last question for you. What is your go-to when you're trying to push yourself to look outside? It can be within music or outside of it. What is my go-to when I'm trying to push myself to think outside of my regular conventional way of thinking? I don't think you can go to one thing to do that. That's actually the antithesis of what pushes you to think outside of the way that you would conventionally think and feel. I think you have to continue to explore new I'm a big proponent to you never stop learning and not just like secondarily to the things that you do on a regular basis, but learning is the primary thing that drives us. We are constantly learning in everything that we do. And I don't think that that music is an exception to that. I think you have to continue to listen to new things, be exposed to new genres, new artists, new songs. Whatever it may be, I think that that's the way to think outside. I don't think you can go to one place and expect to have it shift you from where you would regularly be continuously over time. So I would say the variety is the spice of the unique life. I love that. I think that might be my favorite answer to that question. So thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show, for sharing your, your passion and your love for fun. music. Obviously, I could talk music <laughs> all day, every day, if I had the chance to. But mm. how fun is music, right? Just <laughs> sit back and enjoy it. Don't forget about it. Don't preclude it from the things that you're doing. Find a way to fit it in because of all of the reasons that you said, like, it gives you so much. That was a really fun chat with Adam. Music has such an impact on us, and it's something that perhaps we don't dig into enough. As always, thanks for listening. Please rate and share if you enjoyed the show, and until next time, keep looking outside. <laughs>